0: Welcome to episode 3 of Conscious Convos and in this episode we uh, get to spend some time with Hadid Al-Khamis. Hadil is a spiritual practitioner and holistic life coach that I've had the pleasure of meeting two years ago and I actually had a couple of uh, sessions with her and um now we get to host her on the podcast where she tells us about her journey how she got into her field and we also cover a, a few specific topics as well uh when i asked her about inner child therapy and um energy tapping which is also known as thought field therapy she also tells us about her general philosophy looking at life and her, she has a very interesting perspective um She also tells us a little bit about access consciousness, which was a new concept for me, and we cover a bunch of other cool topics, so hopefully you enjoy this podcast episode as much as we did. And without further ado, episode three.
1: Hello, guys. Welcome back to a new episode of Conscious Convos with our host Mo and myself a space to share various spiritual experiences and different expressions to the light. We are very excited about our session today. We are hosting a very special person, Hadil Al-Khamis. I was very fortunate to have crossed paths with Hadil shortly after we moved to Dubai, which wasn't too long. Uh, It was like around what, like uh, four months ago, but we met around two months ago but I could comfortably say that in such short span, I have learned at least a year worth of knowledge from her. Hadil Al-Khamis is a holistic life coach and a contemporary spiritual teacher. Her coaching and impactful modalities are centered around empowering individuals to realign with their inner truth in order to create authentic lives and become their own gurus. Hadil is a Certified Reality Transurfing coach who has further developed the concept while connecting it with the power of meditation and energy work. She is also an experienced Certified Access Bars practitioner, empowering individuals by teaching them the art of receiving and opening up uh, better possibilities in life. Welcome, Hadil. Thanks, Lina. What a
2: beautiful introduction. Thank you.
0: I think from the from the introduction alone there's like so many words in there that I want to that I want to ask about but we'll take it we'll take it one step at a time
2: um,
0: all right so Hadil I also I mean I met you we, we were talking before recording as well we we met a couple of years back um but uh, we never really got the chance to talk to you about how you started um, so, t- today you are you know, everything that Lena said, um, but how did this whole journey start? The, the, the one thing in common, again, between the three of us is that we all grew up in the same country, in the same city, in, in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and all of us went through kind of a different path that led us to where we are today, but we're interested in hearing your story, Hadil. So. Tell us how this all started.
2: Uh, Thank you, Mo. First of all, thank you for hosting me uh, in your podcast. And uh, I'm very honored to be your first guest. Um, And thank you for the beautiful introduction. And you're interested in lending me your ear and the audience as well. Um, So uh, my journey started uh, really early on, actually. I can say two main aspects in my childhood I was always sensitive to energy um, I was like an existential child I've always had existential questions and um, I think about when I reached the age of 11 that's when I officially became a bookworm and uh, Kind of trying to make sense of the world uh, and what's happening around me. and of course um, growing up in Saudi in the mid-80s and uh, 90s um, there was a lot of uh, religious influence uh, more intensely than nowadays so I was a little girl with lots of big questions uh, lots of things didn't make sense to me didn't resonate to me and wasn't comfortable with that and I I made sure that I was expressing that and I was heard saying that, which made uh, lots of people uncomfortable around me. Um, But I think I started reading a lot um, and the topics, let's say, were around the history of religions, um, the search of God and why a human being would look for a higher power and a higher force in the first place. Uh, Those were big questions that I started to read about and try try to explore. Uh, And then eventually it led into self-development books and new age spirituality, Uh, but that was all me and me and my books. until one day where I think that's what they call the dark night of the soul. That kind of uh, accelerated the journey, let's say. I think I was about, couldn't be older than 18 or 19. And uh, I, was, uh, I was in the States at that time. And uh, for some reason I was creeped out in my house by myself and I wanted to feel safe, you know? I had this uh, strange anxiety, um, and I, I just needed that safety feeling uh, that I couldn't source within myself. And uh, I remember I had all of the lights on, and I was by myself, and I was freaking out. And uh, the first thing that came to my mind is God is your safety. So being... Um, A girl who grew up in Saudi, your first resource is uh, the Quran and all the uh, dua and everything like that. And what was interesting to me is that the more I read and the more I expressed that uh, call for help and uh, settling my emotions and kind of feel more safe, the more my anxiety arose and it got worse and worse and worse. And uh, what was interesting is that I think that was the first time I was very angry at God because naturally I believed that God is my safety. And my biggest question was, why aren't you here? And why don't I feel safe? And that was the trigger of it because it, everything collapsed at this moment um or my entire belief system collapsed um everything I thought was true or all the answers I thought I found uh dissipated in a matter of few minutes and I literally went and that I can say that that kind of ignited a different direction of my quest and I started to look or ask the questions differently and kind of brought me or took me from a place of almost atheism atheism and a separation from God completely into actually reuniting with God within myself. Uh, And that took years of course, but I think that was a very important moment in my journey because that's when I started to ask questions differently and think about them differently um, until I kind of came full circle and realized that the real power is not anywhere outside of me. Uh, I am part of source and he is part of me and that's where I find my safety and that's where I find my unconditional love and my unconditional support that is sourced from God, but within me, not anywhere outside of me.
0: Okay.
1: uh, It almost feels like, there is the phase of things having to collapse and the unlearning of uh, of these boxes that we were in is kind of, uh, it's almost like inevitable. You have to go through this for you to kind of find yourself. um, Absolutely,
2: absolutely. Uh, We believe in something called your divine timing. And I mean, of course, everything is divinely timed, but there are these moments that are, are choices that you've made on a soul level that you don't necessarily remember in your awakening life. But uh, they're there, and they're all very significant and divinely timed for the perfect mix.
0: So what happened after that, Hadil? So you went through a skeptical uh, stage for for a while in that moment where you know all your beliefs let's say crumbled down and then of course uh, you know a while later i don't know how long it took but what happened during that stage where you managed to reconnect again was it through reading more books or meditating trying to find your own answers talking to to other people what was that like
2: I think up until that point, the journey was more of knowledge and uh, subtle, really subtle experiences. Um, the other odd thing was uh, that was, I, since I was 12 or 14, I've had really older people from my family come and open up and share very adult-like <laughs> problems and uh, I used to wonder why are they coming to me I, I thought it was bizarre I still think it was bizarre but uh, one of the first things I noticed is that after I have spoken to them and told them whatever it is that um, happened in that conversation is that when it ended I almost felt that I didn't recognize who was talking and I don't know how do I know that. So perhaps that was the only practical thing that was happening at the time. And then after uh, the age of 19, let's say uh, my practice started to take place, but not um, in a solid way until I actually moved to Dubai. And that was in 2010. Uh, And that's that's when I met my first uh, spiritual teacher, Master. And I owe a lot to him, actually. And uh, it was a very interesting meeting because, um, of course, I say random, but it was absolutely not random. (laughs) I've had a a friend that suddenly suggested that I go with her to see an old friend's uh, she had from university who is uh, an artist and it's his uh, opening night in the gallery and she hadn't seen him in over 10 years or 15 years. Uh, And that friend was a bit older than me and I didn't wanna go that night. And she insisted and persisted that we go Mm. and literally dragged me. And uh, I have met him in the gallery and all of his paintings were all about energy and and healing and uh, souls and uh, soul evolution. And I was fascinated uh, to feel that, oh, okay, the conclusions that I've made on my own are not really individual to me. Uh, There are other people who see this and think the same way. And uh, the fascinating part is that he told me, I am waiting for you. I have been waiting for you for a very long time. And um, it's almost like we recognized each other and I kind of knew that he was my teacher and I was supposed to learn from him. And that was a, almost a three months of compressed, intense daily practice and learning uh, from him to uh, develop my skills, and uh, refine my channel, um, mm learn uh how to be still and how to clear my mind uh, how to improve my intuition how to work with energy um how to use the energy that i can channel in healing and in uh uh, whether it's myself or others and um it was beautiful and i owe a lot to him
0: right so I, if I remember correctly, you, at some point you were in the corporate world, right? Or you had a, an, I don't know if it was a corporate world, but you, you had a, a job that you left to pursue yes. this full time, right? <laughs> yes. So, I mean, that's not an easy decision to, to make, at least for, for most people. No. So how, how was that? That, that takes a lot of courage, I imagine. How, how did that Happen, if you don't mind talking about it.
2: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so basically, um, after I have met uh, my teacher and I started my practice, uh, I've, I, I've known this um, resonates with me highly. And it's something that I've been waiting for almost my entire life. And uh, it was the only thing that gave me a sense of fulfillment and made me happy and uh, taught me how to stand in my truth Um, but then after a while uh, uh, life happened and uh, I became a mother and uh, I moved to I mean I was still trying to figure out Dubai and uh, all of that and life took over my practice a little bit and I found myself Uh, in the corporate world and I was working at a, a, sorry, I was working as a brand manager at the time in a hospitality um, agency. And um, I was miserable. I was miserable. I felt like I didn't belong. Um, Mm. Not in the sense that I needed to, I had to do something spiritual to be fulfilled or to, or I had to be a coach or a healer or whatever. Not in that sense, in a sense that I felt disconnected that this world wasn't for me. And uh, I couldn't resonate, uh, no matter how high the salary is or what the position was, felt like we speak completely different languages and I don't belong there. And um, things were tight and uh, I didn't... I couldn't even afford to go to you know healing sessions or meditation sessions and I had to pay for them and all that and um, I remember one night uh, I said to myself I have to go back to my tribe I have to find those people because I don't think we we grow alone and I don't think we can evolve even in our spirituality disconnected. Uh, It's always a community work. It's always a community support. And it was hard to maintain this practice on my own without a community. So I said, I must find this community somewhere. And I said to myself, whatever comes my way that is remotely close to what do I wanna learn or what do I wanna um, practice further If I can afford it, I will go for it. I will not think about it. And I did that. Um, And uh, after two weeks of saying yes to those things, I found that I've made myself redundant in my work and I've hired someone (laughs) that can replace me easily. And And I told them, you don't need me, I am leaving. And from that point, I started to host my own meditations. And I did that loyally for two years straight. We had a donation-based meditation every Wednesday at 5 p.m. And that was a wonderful journey that lasted for whole two years.
1: Very brave, uh, Hadeem. I, I really salute that uh, I mean,
2: Thank you, thank you. But you know, it's very humbling more than brave to realize where you don't belong. And it's very humbling to say, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't belong here and I, I need to find my way, but actually that's kind of what ignited uh, the passion for me for to teach authentic living. And uh, most of my coaching and my work is about authenticity, soul alignment, and authentic living, it doesn't necessarily have to be something spiritual, as long as it is true for you, whoever you are.
0: Yeah, you know, sometimes um, people's advice uh, about these things is um, don't leave, but try to bring what uh, what you enjoy into the workplace. But that doesn't always work. I mean, some, I, I think it may work in some environments and with some people that, okay, it depends on the nature of your work, that let's say I'm in a corporate world and I have another interest that I can somehow connect that interest to my day-to-day at work. That could happen in some, uh, under some circumstances, but not all the time. And um, so I think that's an, a, a important to know when it is possible, and you do bring it in, or you just say no, this is definitely not going to work, and you just quit and and you leave, and you dedicate yourself full time to what what you believe or and where you believe you you belong. Um, so I mean, you've, got that, yeah.
2: you've got to take the route. You cannot just patching things up, right? True, and don't get true. drunk. People thrive in the corporate world and they belong and it gives them a sense of fulfillment. Uh, and that's okay. And that's fine. Um, but the idea of, I need to make money uh, so I will go for the highest paying job uh, that will grind me day and night so I can enjoy my money later um, that is absolute rubbish. That is absolute, you know, uh, industrial revolution mindset. This is where it all started programming. Um, you'll be miserable. And who knows when you're gonna die.
0: <laughs> it's It's true. And it's also, it's an illusion, right? Because you say, Okay, I'm just gonna make money until I retire. And then after I retire, I can finally enjoy life. But I mean, you would have life already is Right now. Yeah, life ex- is exactly. Right now. Life
2: is not exactly. happening tomorrow. Life is not happening after 10 years. Life is happening in this minute, in the second, in, in each second as it comes. Yeah. So For me to do that, that's, that's ridiculous. And okay, there is no harm in planning and strategizing and being smart in your decisions. But it is very important that every decision you take is true for you. It resonates for you. It's harmonized with who you are. Otherwise, then life will be a struggle and trying to know, make the best out of it. You don't need to make the best out of anything. Just choose the best thing for you to start with then you don't, Mm -hmm. you just have to flow with it. You don't need to make effort to make the best out of it. Right? Right.
0: Um, Um, Yeah, go uh,
1: Some of the the work that you actually do currently and some of the exciting things that are coming up for you.
2: Sure, sure. Um, So um, what do you want me to start with? What's coming soon or what do I do? (laughs) Let's start with what you do. Okay, so um, I always struggle with that, by the way, because uh, I don't, I still didn't feel the appropriate, I didn't find appropriate title. <laughs> Maybe I have to make up something for myself. My latest yeah. makeup title is Coach. I don't, I don't know if that even exists, but I don't care. Uh, and I, I choose this title because most of my work, especially with my private clients on one-on-one, is about remembering your essence, remembering your true soul self, higher self, if you'd like to call it, um, the God within all of these titles kind of tied to the same concept and to the same reality that is different than the projected reality we live in. So that's why I like to call myself lately an authenticity, a coach. Uh, most of my work is anchored in soul alignment. Um, so uh, what do I do? So I coach one-on-one. I provide healing sessions along with life skills. Um, I teach meditations. Um, I have uh, established... Um, one of the few Arabic-speaking conscious platforms that uh, have a kind of a membership base, and uh, it has lots of recorded materials between meditations and courses that are in Arabic. And uh, finally, right now, I am working on my first book, uh, which is titled uh, in Arabic Maruhi" من, من الانفصال إلى so that means it's a soul harmony uh, book that takes you from separation uh, from God to unity.
1: Are you planning on getting it translated, uh, hadith, at some point? Is this yes, once the Arabic like? version is, uh, is published, uh, actually my aim is to translate it to both English and French. Fantastic. That would be really nice. I mean, <laughs> I, I've been on your uh, platform and I've uh, tried... Uh, some of the meditations and some of the courses, and I highly recommend for any Arabic speaker to actually check it out, because it is it is just absolutely wonderful. It's very simple language, very clear, and it does take you to, uh, to places. Um, all the information about Hadil and her website is gonna be uh, posted on our Instagram page and our YouTube channel, so um, the intro is gonna be there for you. Uh, to check it out
0: yeah yeah um i'm gonna pause for for one okay so hadil um tell tell us a little bit about uh was it called access bars or bar access sorry i, no. I missed that. Uh, it's okay access,
2: bars. access
0: access bars what is that exactly
2: uh so basically it's um access bars is about the art of opening up possibilities. Actually, it's a whole philosophy called Access Consciousness. And it's uh, founded by Gary Douglas and carried forward by Dane here. And um, it is this, um, basically it's, it's a whole lifestyle and it's based on the art of opening up possibilities and the magical ways to converse with the universe, right? Access bars is part of Access Consciousness. Um, Access Consciousness basically says that when you are, you know how everybody's talking about the Law of Attraction, and the Law of Attraction works like an echo, uh, because you say what you want in vibration language, and then the the universe kind of brings it back to you in physicalities, uh, opportunities, manifestation. Uh, However, if you want to open up possibilities, then you have to start a conversation with the universe that is no longer an echo of your voice or your vibration. So um, uh, it has a couple of magic wands and questions. one of my, or two of my favorite ones is uh, what else is possible is when you ask the universe, if for example, you had a fantastic experience and you enjoy it and you receive it, and you learn how to receive it fully, and you, in, in, in the highest sense of gratitude, you say to the universe, God, source, show me what else is possible. It's like you're asking for even a higher vibration than what you're receiving, and allowing yourself to receive even higher and higher vibration. Um, how does it get any better than that? An affirmation of you receiving what is in front of you and amplifying that to how does it get even better and better than that. Um, I love the philosophy of access consciousness. Access bars is a therapy uh, that includes um, accessing 32 points on the human body, mostly on the head. It's hands-on healing, let's say, um, that is meant to clear all of your bars, which are the energy streams or the energy channels that hold most of your belief system and um, in that clearing what happens is we say you destroy and uncreate you destroy and uncreate everything and anything that makes you limited in any way or form
0: okay and is this something you you use in your personal life as well
2: absolutely
0: Absolutely.
2: I include access consciousness, questions, and philosophy in my daily life. Um, And uh, actually, one of the great books uh, uh, that actually was the first book that introduced me to access consciousness is a book by Dane here called Being You Changing the World. I love this book. I love this book. It's a, it's a toolkit, it's a toolkit to, to the art of opening up possibilities. And, and yes, I do use them and I do teach them to my clients uh, wherever I find them. Um, mm. Yeah, access, access Bars, I'm a practitioner in Access Bars and uh, um, I've seen so many clients that have uh, uh, very positive feedback to the therapy. Of course, like everything else, uh, everybody have a different experience. But so far, it's magical, and I love it.
0: Mm.
1: Hadith, do you receive uh, English-speaking clients?
2: Yes, I do. I receive clients. Uh, actually, I receive clients from all over the world, mostly on Zoom, uh, both Arabic and English. Okay.
0: There, there is something I was curious about that uh, I didn't ask you before, but I think you'll you'll remember. Um, You'll remember it now. Um, at some point uh, in, in our session, we did uh, some inner child work, okay? Mm. Which was a really cool experience. I, it was my first time, and I found it really amazing and effective. So we, we can talk about that, but I also wanna mention that at some point, I once did it over YouTube. And when I told you, you said, "Be careful uh, with the, with the inner child exercises on YouTube." Um, you were suggesting that's probably not to do it. Um, you know, over. over I, I don't. I don't. I don't know why. And this is what I wanted to ask you about. Um, what was the reason that? you at the time asked me to be cautious and stay away from YouTube when it comes to that type of exercise? Uh,
1: For a
2: couple of reasons, but the main one is credibility, Uh, is that not everything online that says it's something, it means it's true, right? And uh, to be honest, my only reference to that is my residence like uh, you can do a, a use a, a simple as a meditation music um, that says that it's uh whatever hurts it is and that it's powerful and this vibration is healing and it's opening up which is true there are specific hearts and specific levels of vibration music that are healing and opening up and grounding and and work on the chakras or whatever but a lot of the content especially when it comes to meditation music on youtube is not accurate and sometimes the vibration they use is actually not very healthy for your energy mm-hmm. i could uh, feel my energy spike up uh, completely clinched uh, when i hear specific music and i i recommend that to most of my clients it's like until you refine your resonance and you kind of kind of tune in and see what is true and what isn't, I wouldn't go down that path. And also a lot of content because we don't know who creates them, right? Uh, Have something called subliminal messages. And this doesn't only exist in YouTube, it exists in the media, all over the media and all of the cartoons we watch since we were little kids. And these messages go right into your subconscious and they are the seeds of your programming. There are the seeds of the limiting beliefs. There are the seeds of how you see your world, right? So when we cut down on media in general, we cut down on an influence that we don't want and the influence that we are not aware of. And the way these messages are kind of dropped into our subconscious is very, very clever. And they happen in a matter of nanoseconds. But we do pick them up, but we're not aware of them. And that's why it's very dangerous. Right. Not that, I want, not that I want to strike fear in people's hearts and be you know, nervous and uh, anxious when they are watching or whatever, but just try to be more alert and, and aware and be selective in what are you feeding your
0: mind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I think you need some some discernment there. And I totally agree with you on the um, the, the, med- the music for meditation that um, you often find on YouTube, I know there's a lot of benefits for certain frequencies, um, 432 or, or some specific frequencies, but then again, how do we know that these really are programmed in those frequencies or not? Um, and then you see them all over the place, right? So it definitely has to be coming from an authentic source that, that you trust. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't see this as uh, spreading fear, but it's, it's, it's awareness and it's good for people to know where to get their information from. Um, now back to, to, the, to the inner child work. Why do you think it's very effective? Um, Because for looking at it from outside, for somebody that, okay, maybe is not very spiritually aware, it seems like it's just imagination, right? It may look, if you explain it to a random person, it looks like, okay, I'm just imagining myself as a child and then I'm talking to this child um, and I'm, okay, sending them messages of love or, 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 you know, or or and care and kindness or, or and whatever they need. Why does that heal? You know what I mean. Um, Very good. Question. How do you? How? What's your explanation for that?
2: Okay, so we can take this from so many angles, but I'm gonna choose this one. Um, everything that ever happened in your life still exists because time is not linear like you feel it time is actually spiral when we look at time from the fifth dimension down to the fourth dimension where time exists it's a spiral right so everything is literally an infinite now imagine that everything you experienced in your life is like a little movie frame and they still exist vibrationally so when you do inner child work what you do is you tap into the frames of your childhood and you rise your their vibration you change their vibration when you go and you connect with inner child and you heal the inner child and you allow the inner child to express you're actually changing your story you're actually rising the vibration of these frames which also rise the vibration of your entire lifeline because you are going to these sections that are, you know, um, require healing, let's say. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like to use the term low vibration because it feels like we are putting a negative label on that. and I, I don't believe such thing exists. Uh, nothing really is good and bad. Everything is just here, right? But we, you have this choice that exists that you can actually change the narrative by changing its vibration, and therefore changing the quality of it
1: and the quality of the experience of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I like this explanation, uh, Hadil, and uh, I think one important thing, uh, one very important aspect here is that when you imagine something it's not fake, you're not, it, it, it's, when you're visualizing, let's say your inner child, you're not really making up an image of something that doesn't exist because imagination has a reality to it. So you are actually connecting on an energetic level with that child that you once were and that still exists like you said, Absolutely.
2: right? When you are, you're not really imagining, you are remembering.
0: You're remembering.
2: When you're remembering, you connect with your past vibrationally. And when you're imagining, you're connecting with your future. Right. Vibrationally.
0: Right. Um, and, and it's something, I think it's something I read or heard recently, maybe a couple of days ago. Um, it's something I, I think I always knew, but it's the first time that I, really paid attention to is that what you're doing now not only impacts now not only impacts fu- the future but you can literally rewrite your past by changing a belief or changing something energetically in the now because anyway like you said the past is is not really it's not linear it's not really something behind us it's something that still exists somewhere.
2: Absolutely, Lighten I up. mean, one of, the, one of the exercises that I love very much, and I use a lot with my clients, uh, regardless if it was inner child healing or trauma or um, any, a- anything that requires, a, not alteration, but a rewrite, right? Rewrite, right? <laughs> So um, I always like ask them to, I mean, after we have done the work and felt our feelings and understood perhaps why this happened to us and what is the universe trying to tell us and what is the learning and what do we take from it and what are the set of wonderful good things that happened as a result maybe of this one bad thing and after all the forgiveness and after all the let go and after all of the inner work that we're supposed to do, automatically your perspective on that story changes. But what's most powerful is that the way you're gonna narrate this story is going to be different. And that within itself is very powerful because you have already changed this vibration. Uh, A story, turns from uh, let's say the victim point of view of this had happened to me. Mm. Uh, and I'm not saying that nothing happened to anybody. Yeah, sure, but what are you gonna do about it? That's what matters, right? And in, in, in most cases, let's say, we are able to say, okay, I ac- maybe one version would be this has happened to me and it broke me, and it destroyed me, and, and it killed me, and I lost everything, and, and, and. Um, or I can say, you know what? This happened to me, but it broke me open. But I saw life differently. Uh, it showed me my strength. It also showed me my my weaknesses, and it showed me how fragile I am, which allowed me to accept my humanity which showed me the power in vulnerability. And what did I do with that,
0: right?
2: Mm-hmm. That in itself is a completely different vibration.
0: Yeah, I, I, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's amazing how, how everything connects because we know now that everything that happens to us is for our own good, right? Like every little thing, that happens in life, there's something good in it for us. But maybe at that age, back in time, we weren't aware of that when, when something happened to us. But because we realize it now, we can still reprogram and, and, and start to see something that happened in the past also through that lens, which is what happened was for our, our best for our best self to come out.
2: I mean, you know what? To be realistic, not always. Sometimes things will happen to you that are not for your best interest, but you know what? That's okay. Because this thing that happened for your not best interest is very much deliberate. And it's very much your choice on a soul level that you currently do not understand. And that's okay. Right? So... Not necessarily that it has something good for you that you can realize on a human level. Sometimes things happen that on a human level, we cannot see the good in it and that's also okay. We say, you are not meant to know because you're not meant to know and that's okay. And life goes on and when you're meant to know, you will know, and maybe you'll never know and that's okay. A big and, part and even if you don't know, life,
0: right? Even if you don't know
2: spirituality is to be okay with the unknown.
0: Exactly. So if if you accept it and you say, I don't know why this happened and I'm okay with it, that itself is a kind of spiritual growth. So you still manage to make you know to make it a a good thing for you because you you grew spiritually by saying, you know, I don't know why this happened, and that's okay. And and, and yeah. that's it. Right?
2: The only thing I would like to highlight here is that you know shit happens. Can I say shit on that podcast? <laughs> shit shit we,
0: happens. We, we never talked about about these rules, Lena, but I think it's okay.
1: It's a casual combo, so yes, you can <laughs> I think it's
0: fine. So, I think it's all right. Yeah.
1: Shit happens, and I,
2: I wanted to highlight that because. You know, it's a fine line between trying to spin, uh, to have a positive spin on everything in life um, and between what we call spiritual bypass, is that you start to bypass your emotions, um, not feel them because they're not good and force yourself to have positive spin on something. That is bullshit and doesn't work. Uh, this whole wave of positivity is a complete scam. There isn't anything in life that is all, um, you know, chirping birds and rainbows. We are meant to go through the ups and downs. We are meant to go lower densities and higher densities. We are meant to experience the entire spectrum of life. And you know what? We're not only meant to only experience it, we're meant to feel it all all of it right and there is no amount of positivity that you can put on something bad that will heal it the only thing that will heal it is for you to feel it and the only way you can feel it is to completely accept it at the way it is without having to have a positive spin on it once that completely and realized and moved forward from, then we can go back to the original story and change the narrative. Only then we can do that. You cannot do that right in the beginning.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally, totally agree. Sorry, Dina, you want to?
1: No, I'm just saying this is very touching and really, really wonderful, extremely genuine. And I want to highlight uh, to our listeners that none of this was actually prepared. We are speaking <laughs> as we go. So this is very organic and fresh. Like there is no filters, no nothing. This is pure heart talk. And um, I, I am extremely actually touched uh, with what you are you saying, Hadid.
2: I'm glad, I'm glad. Um,
1: one thing that I also wanted to ask, I know you have mentioned um, your teacher, the master that you met uh, for humans, and then you spoke about the book uh, being you changing the world. But is there any other uh, strong influence or an influential person that took uh, place in your life that you'd like to share?
2: Uh, well, there are a couple. I have met many spiritual teachers along the path who I've been working with very closely. They're not necessarily known or famous, but they are real and true and they have gifted me beautiful initiations and and and, and skills. Um, but in terms of reading and authors, I, let's say different phases of my journey had different authors. <laughs> uh, in the beginning, it was a lot of uh Khayyad Gibran, it was a lot of Ghada Saman. Ghada Saman was one of the first writers that raised lots of questions in my mind, because she was, uh, she was a rebel. Uh, she was questioning everything. And I remember she had this one book called that was a collection of her experimenting uh, in different things, kind of pushing the boundaries of her body. And uh, she was the first person that introduced me to the concept of reincarnation. And that's where the whole train of soul research started from, uh, she had a short story in there uh, called, um, I don't, I I don't know, I don't remember the exact name of the short story, it wasn't a story, sorry, it was research, the whole book was a research, and she went into Lebanon, in the mountains, uh, where the, I don't know what you call in English, Druze,
0: it's Druze in English too.
2: Well. Yeah. yeah so she she goes and speaks to them about their stories of uh, reincarnation and all these children that remember their past life and uh they can you know point out their graves and tell how they died and, and all of that and that was fascinating for me to read at 11 years old it's like what is this <laughs> and uh she, yeah she kind of uh, definitely struck the spark there um Currently, I listen a lot to Teen Swan. I resonate with her highly. I love her perspective; uh, she's mind blowing. Uh, mainly, really, Tia Swan. If I if I had to pick one out of all the people that are I'm currently, you know, following their work, would be Tia Swan. Yeah, there are. A couple, I, I liked
0: her 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 latest book. Anatomy of Loneliness is that the last mm-hmm. one she wrote? Yeah. Yeah, great book. It's really really good. And uh, I think I found out about her through you re- reposting one of her stories on on Instagram, and then I found her profile, and yeah, that led me to her YouTube. But then I got a couple of her audio books as well that she. I think she reads her own books, if I remember correctly, which, which mm-hmm. makes, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not sure, but I do remember enjoying both of the books that, uh, that she wrote. She's great. I nice.
2: agree. Yeah. I mean, in the current world, you have uh, also, in the Arab world, sorry, current world. In the Arab world, uh, there are a couple of really interesting uh, figures out there that did something very well, which is finding the harmony and the link between Islam and new age. And they do that beautifully. It's not exactly my game, but I do appreciate it. And I admire their ability to do that uh, so well. One of them is Ahmed Amara, And uh, what, uh, what was his name, Lina? Abdelrahman? Uh, Abdelrahman, we don't know Abdelrahman. The, the macrobiotic,
0: the yeah, macrobiotic guy.
2: I forgot his last name, they do that beautifully, beautifully. Um, so I do, I do follow their work as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Uh, Lena, Lina told me about Abdul Rahman uh, actually.
1: Hmm. Um, we went to on Abdul Rahman.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, do we have five more minutes for a last question? Sure. sure. Yes, because I just noticed that it's ten Um five the tapping I, I well in case there is no video oh, for this EFT. but well yeah there's a there's the in in our session um we did the tapping as well which is energy tapping also called eft um i've known about it since since 2008 and actually when i first met lena that was one of the first things that we talked about um that I told her about tapping and she tried it and, you know, she saw that it worked. Um, How did you come across it? And how did you find its benefit? Uh,
2: TFT, which is short for Thought Field Therapy. uh, I found about it through the person who taught me, Nawaf Uthman. He's one of the few people uh, from Saudi who Mm. teaches uh, TFT and he's a fantastic TFT therapist as well mm. and uh, yeah he, he taught me the therapy and uh, I find it effective again like every therapy not for like I don't say I can't generalize I don't believe in one size fits all uh, I, believe, I believe people resonate with specific methods others don't and that's right. okay yeah
0: that it's the same guy that taught me by the way I have uh, right. No way I had no the idea. level yeah the level one certification from Noaf as well uh level, level one means you can just practice it on yourself but not on other people um and I never and I didn't have the chance to continue um with the rest of the levels but uh, I just do it for myself and I've seen tons of benefits for it like in the last 12, 13 years, I mean, for those that don't know, they can YouTube it, they can learn about it later, but I got over my, my fear of uh, public speaking, um, which was something that I, I used to avoid by any means necessary, you know, to stand in front of um, a crowd of people and talk, and now I, I, it doesn't matter to me if I'm standing in front of one person or 1,000, it's exactly the same just off you know tapping for it, it didn't take just one time like it, i i felt that gradually over time the fear started to just dissipate away so i i definitely i'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of it that's why i, I asked yeah it's it.
2: been awesome i use it a lot uh, with my clients for anxiety for depression uh phobias uh, mainly it's very, it's very effective. Very effective.
0: Mm. Awesome. So, uh, Lena, you got any more I questions from your side? I actually I...
1: wanted to check in with Hadil, see if she would like to add anything before we conclude our episode for the day.
2: Uh, nothing more. Uh, lots of gratitude. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this.
0: Where well, can people find you? Instagram. Um oh, actually we'll, we'll post it, right? It's is yes. it it's at. okay.
1: So I guess with this we conclude today's episode of Conscious Convo with Mo and Lina featuring today's guest, Hadil khamis For all the material discussed today, head over to our Instagram at podcast conscious convos. Follow, share, and spread the word. Thank you for tuning in until next episode with love and light.